0: 420, Mr. Grow it, and Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV, from the Stash Podcast.
1: This show is brought to you by Dutch Pro USA, nutrients made for growers by growers. From the base nutrients to the Explode Booster, Dutch Pro USA is bringing you the essentials that all growers need without the extra bottles. Visit Dutch Pro USA or find their products on Amazon.com. Spider Farmer LED, one of the leaders in affordable quality LED lighting for growers, from the SF Quantum Board series to the SE Bar style LEDs. Spider Farmer has you covered without break at the bank. Find Spider Farmer LEDs on Amazon.com. And AC Infinity, innovators in the air game, providing state of the art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit ACinfinity.com or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. From the Stash Podcast, it's your boy Rob from CLTV, Mr. Grow It and Pigeons. What up, boys? Yo. What up? What's going on, gentlemen? Good to see you. Good to see you Good as well. Good to see uh, you.
2: I like that shirt you got there, Chris.
0: Really, Ooh, really thanks. nice.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. I, I, I
2: got can... it from this company called CLTV. And uh, stoned and successful, yeah. Representing. Oh,
0: I actually heard that uh, it's one of the owner's uh, birthdays. Today. That's crazy. No. Oh, yeah. I said it. I said it. No. Happy, birthday,
2: oh, happy birthday, Rob. Happy, happy Rob. birthday, co- Rob. The comments Rob. are gonna
1: light up. Appreciate you, dog. <laughs> it was last week if you're watching this. Or a week ago. It's today, right <laughs> now, as a recording. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. And appreciate we
0: celebrating, it. we celebrating. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, brother. We're smoking Cheers.
1: cigars. We're smoking little thin cigars. It it water pipes with tobacco. Sue. zan Relax.
2: So and coffee, my drug of choice. And
1: yeah, coffee hundred percent legal. It's 100% legal. (laughs) Susan Susan loves Let us get some pesos, Susan.
0: Jesus. (laughs) So,
1: boys, had a lot of people ask about this. Had a lot of people uh, mention before, whether it be within the community of CLTV, Pigeons, or Mr. Grow It. I see pretty frequently people talking about uh, issues they have within their room, whether that be heating their room, cooling their room, or just maintaining that at the proper temperature in general. That seems to be a struggle, and depending on where you're at, I totally understand why, you know, Michigan's ups and downs, Vegas is warm and dry. Canada's fucking deathly cold. (laughs) It's great. You've been warmer most times than I have lately. It's ridiculous.
0: But we get as hot as you can in the summer and it gets as cold as it can in the winter. That's that. That's it's a swing of 90 degrees. You go from plus 40 to minus 40. Like the, well, it's 80, I guess, but you know what you get the point. It's like that's that's a huge swing. And to be able to cope with that in the garden is an even bigger task. So I'm glad this is this is a good topic for us to talk about. And I will admit, same thing. This is probably one of the most frequently asked questions. How do I cool down
2: my garden? How do I cool down my garden? That's
1: something we're gonna talk about. Or even what temperature this, should I be at? Is like, well, let's talk about it.
2: Yeah, this is one of the topics that uh I didn't really even think of when I first started growing, right? You like, you, you get your seeds, you get your grow pots, you get your lighting all set up, grow tent, all that stuff. And then you start to get, you know, temperature and humidity gets involved or, you know, just, uh, you know, temperature in general is kind of what we're focusing on here. Um, you get these swings and you, you, you realize, oh, the temperature is too low. You know, what do I do? Okay, now I have to scramble, buy equipment, you know, you buy a heater, for example. Uh, oh, it's too hot now. I got to go down, you know, so it's just... It's one of those things you underestimate in a sense, I think, as like a new grower coming into it. Um, I get a lot of new growers hitting me up like, oh, my temperature, it's too high in my temperature. And I think I've done everything. So what do I do? Um, it's just one of those things that just I feel like a lot of people just neglect to begin with because uh, they think it's going to be easy. When sometimes, you know, it's not as easy as you think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: definitely not something you uh, at least I took into consideration when I first started. And I started with HPS. So you'd think heat was going to be an issue, uh, but it's not something I thought about at all. And in fact, I think I think cooling is a lot harder than heating oh. is, you know, generally speaking, air conditioners are a lot more expensive than a little foot he- or a little uh, uh, box heater. I'm not sure what they're called. little, little, little tiny heater. You can, you can buy heater. those things for a space heater. Thank you. Um, I'm on you can my buy shit those today. Suckers for like 20 bucks. But to get yourself a decent air conditioner. You're looking somewhere up in the 100 plus dollars
1: for oh, yeah. air conditioning. I mean, 200, 300, depending on where you're at, I think. And energy consumption. I was just going to say, I think that the initial cost is one thing. You're thinking about overall ROI in your garden. You start incorporating more technology, more equipment that's going to take more electrical consumption. You're going to deal with a higher overall cost, making it so you have to meet a certain quota, and that's, that's a headache. So if you can naturally cool your room. That's the best option, but that's not always an option. Prime example is I have a box fan that in the evening, oftentimes I can run that in the window. And it's going to cool the room down almost as much as my AC does in the daytime. Just depends. Last night, absolutely not. I was in here sweating bullets on Twitch. Fucking playing GTA just like... (sighs) (sighs) And so the plants, I'm sure, weren't loving it either. But running with LED and having some CO2, I can go at a slightly higher temperature. So my plants are more comfortable than I am. They're actually going to want... 80-ish plus temperatures compared to me wanting 70-ish. You know, I'm, I'm chilling more. As where, again, you're somewhere with Nevada, you're going to have to supplement more things to make it so you can deal with the higher temperature, so your plants can deal with the higher temperature, or find a cultivar that is known for being in a high temperature area. So controlling that, it or dealing with it or, or like working with the ebb and flow of those things are two different options, and it's not always an option depending where you are.
2: And you really have to take the seasons into consideration, I think, pigeons might've touched on that earlier is, um, you know, for me in, in general, I don't need to have any cooling during the wintertime, right? I really only need to int- start introducing cooling spring and then going into summer. Now for me, I, uh, I'm a home grower, grow indoors. For those that don't know, um, I have, a, um, I think it's like a nine foot by 10 foot grow room. And then I have a couple tents in there Now I've had just an open room with plants in there before. Um, can treat that a little bit differently than you can with, with tents, for example. Uh, but when I'm working with tents specifically, I found uh, it's easier to sometimes to just c- control the temperature of the lung room, right? The the room that your um, tents are in uh, is what we call like the lung room, right? Um, I've put po- portable air conditioners in that space before. Gets very expensive, very, very expensive. Like uh, like you guys touched upon, three, I think I spent three hundred dollars for that portable air conditioner. Uh, number one, it kept the te- uh, the temperature super stable. I had it set to eighty or eighty two, and it was like flat at that twenty four hours a day, which was fantastic. However, my electricity bill went through the roof. Yeah, so I, that's the I can't say it was worth it to have a portable air conditioner in my situation. Now there's so many grows out there that run portable AC, so I'm not knocking it at all. I believe uh, everybody's kind of different for their climate. Um, some people prefer it. Some people don't mind spending a couple extra dollars, you know, um, more money for the cooling to have that stable air conditioning, to have that stable temperature. Uh, for me, I found that I'm actually able to get away with just my uh, house air conditioner, the um, central AC in my house. So I just have that set at. I have a couple zones. I have um, a downstairs zone. Um, so I have a de- separate uh, thermostat for that. And then the upstairs zone with my bedrooms and my grow room, um, I have that set to, I think it's like 78 degrees. Um, and then so that'll kick on every time, uh, you know, it goes above that, it'll kick on and, and cool the grow room. Um, I found that does, that is definitely a more cost effective way to cool my lung room. Um, and then, of course, exhausting, right? When we get into, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into um, inline fans and kind of exhausting the yeah, heat of the exchange. grow space. That's another component of it. But for me, kind of talking about uh, portable air conditioner versus central AC in your home, if you can get away with just using the central AC in your home, I personally think that's a better route for, for many people. More bang Not for, for your buck. Yeah, Literally, you're, you're, you're getting,
1: especially in an area where you're at, you're, like, you're thinking about it's hot as fuck. So do you want to just cool that space and you're sweating out there or do you want to keep a nice consistent temperature in your house, 78 is reasonable. That's too hot for me, honestly, but it's reasonable. (laughs) And so having somebody in the house who can deal with that temperature, knowing that your plants are probably gonna do better around there or a little bit higher, uh, that's that's great, man. I think it just really depends on if somebody is willing to cool their home at that same rate. Now, if you're in a place like Michigan here, we've got days that are 85, 90 outside. And if I cool the entire house, people might be freezing out there, but I want my plant, (laughs) you know. I like it cooler in here. So I have a separate uh, AC just for that, literally. So it's, it's more just about personal preference, I think. And also if you have one inside of your tent. So if you're in a place where um, I've got a buddy, he has a standing AC unit inside of his tent. takes up a lot of space, but he doesn't have a whole lot of plants. He's limited to plant count. He's got a 12 plants. So he's got some in veg, some in flower. Perfect for him. But he keeps that VPD dialed in perfectly. The vapor bre- pressure deficit. If you don't know, there's an episode on SEAL uh, TV about that. I think Chris, I believe you have an episode talking a little about
2: i touch episode. on it in several episodes yeah yeah
1: um but it's more just a simple fact of dialing in that environment i think that's something we should talk about too what is the ideal environment and then it, let's work was, to there like how do we get next there statement so
0: generally speaking what what do you guys aim for when it comes to uh temperature in your tent now it's it's already been proven that weed doesn't grow in celsius so it's it's a scientific all, fact we, we we work in freedom units here. I'm Canadian, <laughs> I'm Canadian and I also work in freedom units. so people are gonna be asking me it's like what is what what does it convert to Celsius? not a fucking. it clip. doesn't uh, it doesn't <laughs> Weed does not grow in Celsius okay uh, it's a hard fat hardened fact this, this is point. so bro science right there <clears> 100 percent. <throat> look it up to the core to the core so uh i I personally I've got mine set to uh, I nighttime temp- temperatures I don't like to dip below really like 70 is kind of that would be getting cold for me if yeah it was below that's the lowest 70. i would go to and i don't like to get any i think hot would be 85 so i like to keep under 82 80 82 is kind of generally speaking as high as i'll get uh 85 you know i'll see it and then i'll take note that okay we're getting a bit warm um but yeah, generally speaking, and then a humidity is going to, it's going to, it's going to differ. We haven't quite gotten to that, but ideally for an environment, my flower tent going to sit anywhere between 30 and 50%. My flower or my veg tent going to sit anywhere between 50 and
2: 70%, generally speaking. I, like I think if we want to get down to the the finer details, uh, it's not just really the temperature of your room, right? A lot of people like to dial the in leaf the, temperature. the leaf surface yes. temperature, right? right? right so because right. that's kind of one of the indications that's going to drive photosynthesis is the temperature of the leaf. Now, different cultivars are going to have different. Um, you know, it's said that different cultivars are going to like different leaf surface temperatures. So general range. And this is where people are going to chime in in the comment section and say I'm wrong. It's, Bring it. You know, 80 to 82 degrees Fahrenheit. So, um, is what I've read to be the ideal leaf surface temperature to dry photosynthesis at its lights peak on. rate. L- lights on. Right. Um, now, that means that the room temperature could be slightly higher. Okay. You could be running an 85. And the room. Even up to like or almost 90, 90 they,
1: even, depending. I've seen it, again, with CO2. Had cultivar-specific, LED lighting. The variables that make it so um, that plant can withstand that. Because, again, that leaf surface temperature is different. So, I mean, it's a great point. How many of us measure that leaf surface temperature, though? Show a raise of hands.
2: I have one of those temperatures. Chris, dimes. I knew you fucking, you're on your yeah, shit. I, do I do should, I should,
1: while. but I don't. And I only did for our VPD video is when I actually did that. And there's a, more of a reason why... I don't and it's for simplicity to keep keep it good. I've seen how my plants grow, but then I get new cultivars and I see, okay, there's something it's growing a little weird. And it's like, oh well, sensitivity to the temperature potentially. Well, I'm not controlling that as much because I'm treating every plant the same when they go into the room that I already have my other plants in. So totally. pay, paying attention to the cultivars big. Prime example I, you I, ever he, seen those three leaf weird mutations happening? You're like, Why is this yeah, fucking happening? Yeah. What is going yeah. on? Like I, I get too intense a light for a couple of my cultivars. They can't Mind handle them. it
0: i've got a holland's hope right now in my flower tent that is a prime example of too much like the intensity and she curled up real fast cultivar specific it's holland's hope this is is a european kind of a nordic strain coming out of a moisture darker climate unlikely you know like an afghani or like uh you know you've got these you know, these hardened cultivars that are very capable of having a, a, a drier hotter climate doesn't handle it in the, in the hollands hope. So it, cultivar specific is a uh, is a good point as well. Yeah.
2: I do, you know, monitor the leaf surface temperature and uh, every time it's creeping at 7 uh, 83 84 degrees, you know, and I mean if I leave it there the next day I'm starting to get some symptoms there of heat stress. Mm-hmm. So like I do like to monitor that with the temperature gun and kind of prevent um, you know, heat issues from occurring. If I see that's 83. Okay, let me raise up the lights, for example. Let me try to cool the growth space a little more or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons well, why I do it. And then I didn't Nevada, mention too.
1: Like I would almost, if you're in an Arizona, Nevada, somewhere that's desert, warm, hot climate, I feel like you should do that because you're fighting against the environment. Like that's a lot yeah. different here. Like our hottest day is in, is your cool days. You're telling me about like, oh, it's good to come around this time. You're like, it's only like 90, like 87. like. Pfft talk play boy i don't want to go outside here like <laughs> it was a pool day that is a pool day not a cool day
2: oh. and then i didn't mention the lights off temperature which is uh 10 to 15 degrees lower than lights on temperature so if i'm getting 80 to 82 degrees fahrenheit leaf surface temperature lower um, you know lights off temperature i don't really measure the, the leaf surface temperature at night um but you know the the how could you yeah right the, the degrees of the you? room would be 70 to 72 if it creeps in the 60s fine um towards the end of flowering i do like to bring it down even lower than that you know around 65 um that's what i personally like to uh, do old school trick helps bring out the colors in the plant
1: yeah i usually try to do the same thing same with the humidity i'll try to drop my humidity a little bit lower i've seen my trichomes just bro, total bro science i am a, a broticulturist but i did notice that the trichomes seem more enunciated when i do that when it's like i i, I wouldn't say suffocate them a little bit more, but it's uh pulling a little bit of humidity out of the air. Mm-hmm. Bro science, bro science, but uh, you know, so with that getting to that temperature, that's where it really comes down to now. Is so, we've got this temperature we want to hit, we got this humidity we want to hit. How do you do that? Now, number one, most people always will jump on is intake and outtake. You want to have fresh air, you know, being brought in, you want to have that hot air being brought out as much as possible, and that's going to help maintain that temperature. Now, a lot of people, I feel like, struggle with that fact they're pulling in hot air from outside the room. So you're you're exchanging this hot shit consistently. That's where the AC comes into play of where you have that, that intake coming from to be pulling in that cool air. So you're cooling the space. Now, if you're running the, the old school HID, so I wouldn't say old school, but the, the older technology with the HID and the cooled hoods, those you're going to have the intake blowing through and cooling your light. It's not going to be the room quite as much. So in that case, I still, when I was doing that in the tent, I still would have an intake for the tent itself and for the light because that's being exchanged the light is being cool but the room is not being exchanged so that air is stagnant and while it's being moved with fans inside the room it's not coming in and out of the room and exchanging properly so having proper Plus intake and outtake you need the CO2 right well, yeah you I was going to say having proper intake and outtake is going to be your natural CO2 friend and without that you're going to have to go in there and create a podcast in your your studio space or office <laughs> which is it's beautiful for me <laughs> that I can do that so and I talk a lot so it works out but you do run into issues where um, the intake and outtake if you're having again you're exchanging just hot air consistently it's not gonna cool anything down so you have to cool that lung room or whatever space you're pulling it from if you're pulling it from outside then consider maybe having another source of cooling that room yes you're gonna be pulling out that cool temperature but bro science or maybe real science I recall from school hot air is warmer Yes, so it rises. Yes, cold air, cold air is, <laughs> cold air is it's colder. It's less dense. Cold less air is colder, dense. so it goes down. Like <laughs> so, these are these are you know old school middle school science things, and I feel like same concept goes. Is if you can exchange the air properly, you're bringing in cool air in your room. You've got fans that are consistently moving, so the plant has no stagnant, I guess, air, so to speak, on there. Like it's a hot day, and you have a fan blowing on you. It's still hot, but it feels less stressful. It'd be a comparable concept for your plants, and and making sure that the you know transpiration and everything is properly happening you don't want to suffocate your plants with too high a heat and humidity or too low of uh, humidity with real high heat depending on where you live if you're in a desert area your plants are going to be just like puh, puh, huh, huh. so yeah. the fine balance the exchanging the air is only beneficial if the air is proper that you're exchanging it with
0: and that's a concept that needs to be applied regardless of the size of your garden it, these are universal practices. You have to have that circulation. Be, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the bigger the room, this is something that I learned about going from a large garden to a smaller garden, was that it became significantly easier to control the environment in a tent than it was to control the environment in a room. Because I could then use the room as a lung room instead of trying to draw that air from outside. Because that's that's the only way I could get it. So if you had a hot day, you weren't getting that cold air from anywhere. So I had to have an air conditioner brought in to 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 make up that that difference, and the the price went through the roof. (sighs) So, you know, uh, personally, I feel like, and I can't be alone. We we go too big, uh, too fast, or too soon, and then it makes it incredibly harder to manage these things, the environment, because you you are not just trying to manipulate the environment in a small area; you are now trying to do it in a big room. So, yeah, tents definitely make it a lot easier to be able
2: to manage your environment or even closets and you, <laughs> and you bring up a great space. point Sorry. yeah exactly and you bring up gr- a great point with the uh, intake temperature needs to be lower uh i kind of want to talk about that a little bit more so just to back up remember I, I mentioned that my thermostat is set at 78 what i failed to mention is that my thermostat is actually located outside of my bedrooms uh, and it's actually in a real open space and so um the bedrooms are what's being cooled so it may be 78 in that open space outside of my bedrooms inside my bedrooms it's a lot lower it's like 70 so uh it's it's significantly lower than what the set temperature is at 78 so um that being said my long room temperature it needs to be below 75 degrees I, ideally 70 73 degrees if it's 75 or like above a little bit above than that in my leaf surface temperature, my, my grow tent temp temperature is like 80, 82. It's not going to be able to lower that temp. I'm just going to struggle. It's going to be stagnant at uh, too high of a temp. It's just, it needs to be lower. Um, you know, that, that intake air needs to be lower than 75 for me in my condition. Same, I like and I get same a lot of new around. growers hitting me up. They're struggling, uh, you know, struggling with trying to control the temperature. It's because they're not really trying to control their the temperature of their lung room yeah. it needs to be lower so just figured that was worth mentioning it's a there. missed concept yeah. no it is worth. you just mentioning. said it it's better a than i did that concept was yeah what i was it, going it, for it,
0: people aren't understanding that <laughs> the, 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 you have to draw in that cold air it's got to be colder um so okay that great i love what we talked or about so let's air. let's try or warm right exactly because you got to go both ways so what are you gonna do we haven't talked too much about heating but what are you gonna do if you've got no budget and you need to cool your gar- uh
1: what is it? no we're talking heating your garden at this point right or no we're well, no e- sorry, either we're cooling. So yeah, cooling. If it's, yeah. so yeah so i so feel you like you should no touch money. on both ying and the yang On whenever we're saying right. and no money budget what are you going to do to cool it give me an ice right. pick now an avocado <laughs> <laughs> paper clip and a stick of gum <laughs> it's bro <not> <laughs> go dude i uh it's fucking God, open, dude. open
0: doors man open doors open doors you got a vent you got you got a you got a tent that has a door on it it sucks man keep that door open you know it's a pain in the ass defeats the purpose of having a tent because you got to open it to the outside uh environment but open it up Does have vents open you those gotta up. do sometimes
1: open those up. you know th- there's yeah. that or there's even what i've done in the past is i've had a bucket of wa- like ice ass water like super super cold water and just put a fan right there and like i, I literally with the, the thermohygrometer i can see it drop like four or five degrees and now you got to exchange that every so often. And same with a cooler. It's better if you do it with a cooler because it's going to stay cooled. I was going to say. I believe it was Envy Closet Med Envy
0: Med Closet Envy Closet Med Grower. Yes, thank you. Fuck, I watched that. Sorry. <laughs> um, i He has a we wonderful video ha- on how to create a DIY AC unit, and he does that. He takes a cooler, fills it with ice. You know, it's 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 DIY, right? You're getting what you pay for, but you know, you're, you're spending a couple dollars versus a hundred dollars. It works, and you gotta just you gotta spend it for uh, you know. Anyways, you take the cooler, you fill it with ice. you drilled two holes in the outside, had a ducting going in both sides, and with a duct fan blowing the the air through the ice cubes. And managed to
1: lower his temperature by like five to seven degrees. so I'm saying, like, like it'll, and that little bit it could be the difference maker that you need just to get mm-hmm. over that hump. You know, I've been at especially with HBSs, I've been at a hundred degrees flat before, and it was hundred I've, I've been and over. Like, yeah, I'm like, I walk in, I'm like, oh my god, and the plants like stress within ten seconds, just because it's in my mind. I just assume they're that way. But it, right. the You're biggest dead. problem is you go into that situation, and it, you need that immediate reaction. And Cooling in a sense like that isn't going to be quite as easy, so you got to know it's going to take some time. You may have to double up on those those uh, DIY systems there. Heating is a little tougher though. Heating for me, before in in this exact space when it was this was just a whole open grow room, this right here was, and I struggled constantly keeping it cool because the insulation was just shit at one point here. We had to totally take down a wall and do a bunch of work, but um, what I'd have to do is I'd switch back from my 315 ceramic metal highlights to my 600 watt HPS. And just that difference of the heat that it would add to it would keep my tent and my, my space because I had a tent for my babies and I had the open space here. It'd keep it warm, just barely warm enough, like 74, 75 on a good day when it was like below zero outside. But it was the exchange of I'm going to pay more on buying a unit and the electricity bill or I can get some more power on my plants and have a little bit more in the electricity bill but that heats up more. So by having four 600 waters in here, it just – Increase my heat right to where it needed to be, and, and that was the alternative. The problem was at night, my temperature drop was like 25 degrees. So then that's when the space heater would come on. But still, to only have to use that space heater for 12 hours, which still is decent, but instead of 24 hours a time, it definitely helped. It was a significant difference, especially where, depending where you are, if the electricity is going to be a higher cost between certain hours. In summertime, I know it is everywhere, but in Michigan, they've told me directly that between 7 and 7 is going to be the ideal time to use the electricity, 7 at night to 7 in the morning so you, you got to take in consideration the the overall cost between your initial cost versus your roi long term plus that cost every month when you're doing electricity consumption on a regular basis because it can be a headache different people in different countries i know their cost is different So.
2: Yeah. So your kilowatt per hour will be different. And this depends on your area. You got to, you got to look it up some places. There's not a price difference between night and day, but um, like you had mentioned, Rob, it's, you know, some places it is cheaper to operate at nighttime, operate your equipment. And that's also going to benefit because you've got the sun during the day in a sense where it's going to naturally heat up your, your home in a sense. So, um, you, you know, you might be, uh, so let me, let me step back. I, I do the same thing that you do the same thing that you do which is hps you know run yeah, HPS yeah. during the winter time to help heat it up um, and then also run my lights at night in order for the energy consumption purposes but when my lights turn off it was usually like 6 a.m well the sun's outside now my house is really starting to naturally heat up um, it would be worse if i ran the lights during the day when outside is naturally hot right I'd, I'd potentially be fighting heat uh, issue during the day and then cold at night. So running a space heater at night, And you know, it's just yeah. for some, some for, for a lot of people, it's going to be better to run your equipment at nighttime. Um, and now I also run a space heater uh, kind of getting into heating. I know we're kind of transitioning into this uh, space heater, Really? You can get away with just one. I have one that's like 50 bucks to Lasco heater. I have it. Uh, I, I recommend getting one that has the thermostat on it it's gonna automatically turn off and off according to the set point you put on there. So whether you put 75 degrees, whether you put 80 degrees, whatever the set point temperature you put, the uh, heat will kick on once it reaches be- is below that set point. Once it reaches that set point, it'll turn off. Um, and that's extremely valuable. I sometimes have the space heater inside my tent. Um, major thing to be careful of is make sure it's not pointing towards your plants. Get lots of people posting uh, pictures in my forum where they're damaging their plants from the heat. It goes What's wrong ways. with my plants?
0: The AC and the heater can't be pointed directly at your plants.
2: Sorry. Go yeah, good point. Um, so I have a kind of blowing towards the side. And then if I don't have space in my tent, um, I can just put it outside of my lung room and just control my lung room to where um you know where i want to be 75 degrees 78 degrees whatever Um, so the air coming into the grow tent is going to be of that proper temperature so and now i actually have the luxury of i have two i have one space heater inside my tent controlling the temp there one space heater in my lung room Um, and that works works pretty great for me good Yeah. yeah that's that's a good point um also like
0: Darken you if you're having issues with heat, like curtains in your lung room. If it is, is, it, is it a bedroom? Darken that up as much as you can. I'm thankful that my lung, lung room is in the corner of my basement, surrounded by concrete. The floor is ice cold, so it's also something that you need to take into consideration. Even in the, the dead of summer, the concrete on your feet is freezing. So it'll freeze the ass off your plants as well. So get them off the <laughs> ground. That way you're not going to be uh, uh, jeopardizing any kind of growth or uh, or hindering yourself in any way
2: and your plants will stunt in growth if like you're in a basement and you have it directly on the floor that's just gonna the coldness is just gonna go up and it's gonna lower the temperature in the root zone you know the the root zone it needs to be at that proper temperature i like to run between you know in the root zone 72 to 82 degrees i know there's some people who are gonna say otherwise but just to have those microbes active it's if it's lower than that the microbes aren't going to be as active you're not going to get that proper breakdown like dormant, you you're going to see slow growth for sure and that's basement growers a lot of th- a lot of rookie mistakes would be putting their plants directly on the floor so yeah. having it up on a crate having it up on a pallet having it up on something just to get it off the ground is beneficial and your reservoir your reservoir yeah. needs to be yep. off the ground Oh yeah. well. Yeah, you Your don't want that will... super cold water going into that Got plant. a
0: nice, warm
1: pot root zone with ice cold water. They don't like that. No, that's like a that. shocker there. That that's I would do that sometimes towards the end of the life cycle. You know what I'm saying? Like a little shock to the plants, a little extra stress to the plants. And that's another bro science thing that there's no science to back it. But I do, again, notice a little bit of maybe color or a little more trichome enunciation, but nothing serious to the point where I would worry or I'd want to do that on a regular basis and shock my plant. When you're going through early on, like, I try to keep it closer to 60 degrees going in to where it's the most oxygenated that it can be. There's going to be more oxygen in there whether you're doing it with an air stone or you're just getting water at that temperature. The problem is a lot of times is water that'll sit in a reservoir can get really cold. And I've got a 30 gallon that takes a little time to get cold, but once it's cold, it's cold and it's a lot harder to warm. So at that point you're going to want like a fish tank warmer or some sort of uh, device in there. I've got a Vivo Sun or Vivo Sun. Uh, little heating element there. That works decent. I try to keep it around 70 degrees, 68. But even again, you get too high, you're going to deal with pathogens and bacteria. So there's a nice fine balance with your water control and quality. Um, We've got a video actually going to be dropping soon, or maybe it already did. We'll see um, about that. And I think that people really will underestimate that temperature of that water going in. You, you got to pay attention to that because you'll notice that the slow growth comes in because, again, you're, you're shocking the microbes. You're shocking your roots. They're not getting what they need. Too warm, same thing. It's too much. You got to find that fine balance.
2: You mentioned VivoSun, VivoSun. Vivo, I actually Vivo, reached, Vivo. I, I reached out to the company. I'm like, how do you pronounce this? There's so many different ways to pronounce it. And they told me, they corrected me. It's VivoSun vivo good so the whole time i've been trying to see it wrong for all these years i've oh, been right, right. yeah <laughs> yeah it's vivo son so vivo. just fly okay. to anyone vivo las sure. vegas there we go free plug vivo, vivo las vegas you guys got
1: lucky vivo. there yeah. But it's affordable and it works. You can also get fish tank heaters, you know, a lot of things like that, or even a water chiller in that sense. So, I mean, we talk about water quality and everything, but it's the same with your room temperature. Is Your plant is what the focus is here, is that your plant is the concern, whether that be the air or the water. you got to make sure that in the medium, whether that be on the floor, you know, your root zone is the focus here. You don't want to have that leaf surface temperature or your root temperature uh, being too stressed out either way, one way or the other. It could be a really hindering thing. Me, myself, I've ran into that a lot basement growing for years having it on the floor thinking i'd be okay because it's summertime but the leaf surface temperature and the roots are no like it's dramatically different and the plants letting me know slowly with slow growth
2: and And just to clarify when we talk about temperature uh, we're talking about the optimum range we're also kind of touching on the tolerance range the plant is going to grow outside of these ranges that we we talk about, right? So we talked about it being too hot, right? There are some growers that are going to be like, oh, I run mine at 85, 87, 90 degrees and my plants are fine. You know, different cultivars are going to be able to take it. The plant is still going to grow. You might see some heat stress issues. You might see some foxtailing that may occur, for example, but the plant is still going to grow. You're still going to get a usable product out of it, right? It might not be optimum, but... It's still within that tolerance range. Same thing with being so low. You know, we said we don't like it to be below seventy or below sixty-five degrees Fahrenheit, right? Outdoor growers, you guys know that it can sometime get into the fifties, no problem. The plant's still going to grow. You're still going to have a usable product at the end of the day. So
0: consider these general ranges. I've seen frost on outdoor. I've seen snow product that you frost snow frost. Yeah, on outdoor product that turned out just fine so yeah it, again it was later in the the cycle but um yeah th- these are weeds right they do grow outside of of their zones and uh, to kind of tie it in like uh, one of our sponsors you know ac infinity man uh like game changing when it comes to being able to control so we, we kind of talked about if you didn't have a budget now you've got a budget and you're trying to build that optimal environment that just like that that technological next step, if you will, and and for me, some some redneck in the middle of nowhere, rural Canada, having this AC Infinity series T6 series, the inline, sorry, yeah, um, has been game changing. The fact that I have a a monitor that goes on the outside of my garden that I can identify the temperature and the humidity without even stepping foot in the garden, and then you've got a fan that can run at like. I don't even know what the revolutions per minute are, but God, it's fast and it's quiet. Like the, that was net, that was game changing for me. So be able to be able to, to control the temperature and the humidity by just a touch of buttons is
1: pretty oh, awesome. Huge, dude, huge, huge. And if people want a little discount on that, check out the link in the description on YouTube. And if you're listening, go check it out on YouTube.
0: Dash 5,
1: I believe. What is it? Is FTS-5? Our, uh, I regions? think it's just Stash 5. Stash 5. Oh.
0: Dash five. They said Dash five. It'll be in the it'll be in the descriptions below, regardless of what we say
1: it is. So, <laughs> exactly. Check, check, check that out. <laughs>
0: check that out, okay? Because we sometimes uh, don't have a
1: clue. Well, boys, I think uh, it's a good one. I think this is one that we can continue maybe I'll run a live stream on uh, Twitch.tv/slash from the Stash Podcast. Pretty cool place if you don't know. Every Tuesday and Thursday around three p.m. Eastern Standard Time two if you're in Canada or Central. And uh, what time? Twelve. 12 one. 12. 1. One if you're yeah. near Chris on oh, no, the whistles the other Live streams are 12 if you're near me. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, man. Great chat, And also gentlemen. Uh, extra content. If this isn't enough for you and you're like, man, I need some more stash, patreon.com slash from the stash. Check it out. We got a lot of uh, bangers over there, exclusive stuff. You know what it is. And also, we- I forgot to tell you guys, we got some fucking merch. Boo. We got some merch. Yes. Yeah. Let's- check it out uh store.watchdltv.com i'll set up an easy link so that way everybody could find it uh but yeah you'll see there in the collection start with the latest you'll see it's pretty fire Tweet. that's exciting and of course we want to hear
0: from you guys if there's anything that we were talking about in regards to air uh quality circulation heating cooling
2: venting uh, ventilation let us know let us know in the comment or section below what are
0: you doing to combat your, your environment yeah and we just
2: touched on heating today i mean we didn't even really talk about humidity which is a whole other aspect which i think could probably be an episode in itself so um yeah good stuff there uh and then let us know what future suggestions you have for topics we're always looking in the comment section to find out are there any ideas for topics that we can cover in the future so love to hear those in the comment section below gentlemen.
1: gentlemen. with that being said it's your boy robin co tv Mr. Grow It and Pigeons. We will see y'all next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.